Not in his town, not on his watch. Tonight on Hops and Box Office Flops, brought to you by RevengeOfTheFans.com, it is our second installment in Arnold Action Month, The Last Stand. Arnold's triumphant return to the genre he was the king of in the 80s and early 90s. So before we start the show, let's hit the intro. Yo, yo, yo. Hops and box office flops. A place where we can celebrate the underdog films, the bombs, the disasters, the much maligned movies that have drowned in their infamy. So please sit back, grab a beer, and enjoy the show. So we are back on Hops and Box Office Flops. It is I, the Thunderous Wizard, at Writer TLK, with... The Irate Lover. And there's absolutely nothing to be irate about after watching The Last Stand. I don't have a Twitter handle, sorry. It's at Irate Lover, with a U. Dot gov. Do you have... <laughs> dot gov. Do you have a blue check? Do I know? I don't even know what I'm you have to do to get I'm not that important. Who right. knows? I'm a loser. You know, it should have a blue check, this fucking movie. Oh, this movie's legit certified. Unfortunately, it made no money. What was the, uh, what did it cost? So it cost $45 million. So not high, but what? in the United States, it only made $12 million. What did it make in Austria? In Austria, it made $38.16. I, uh, I'm actually surprised that it cost $45 million. Yeah. It's all practical effect, so that gets a little pricey. And they did, like, rent out a uh, small town in New Mexico, which I'll talk about. Um, even though the movie's set in Somerton Junction, Arizona. Oh, I thought it was in Texas. No. All three of those places are pretty interchangeable once you get around the border, I'm guessing. Yeah. But, yeah, so it's uh, they actually pass through Bullhead City and some other places. If you're familiar with Arizona, you might know. I'm or not. if you're not, then you have no friggin' idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, Bullhead City, sure, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah so uh, it ended up making 48 wor- million worldwide, uh, but it didn't really get a profit until it hit DVDs and Blu-ray. So it made a very modest profit. So it's it's a flop. That sucks. It was a pretty straightforward action movie. I like it. It's extremely straightforward. Uh, small town sheriff. Uh, generally has nothing to do until drug dealer decides to drive through his town and then he murders like 40 people. What are we drinking tonight? Name of the podcast is Hops and Flops. Uh, we are. We are drinking the Horseshoe Bend Pale Ale from the Grand Canyon Brewing Company uh, since this is a movie that is supposed to be in Arizona. So there you go. It is a delicious beer. Thanks for picking it up and bringing it over. It is. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's real hoppy. Has I've a, had hoppier, but o- it's o- o- oaky afterbirth. So, uh, 160 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. It is at 61%. Uh, it's our first fresh film of the pod. Shocked that this is better reviewed than Last Action Hero. It is. A, it's a bit surprising. It's actually, I think, the best reviewed movie that he's had since he came back from being the governor. Uh, I mean, I'd have to look, but it's certainly a lot of his newer stuff is, doesn't even come out in theaters. It's more like video on demand and maybe it's in like five to 10 theaters. So those might have better reviews, but they also don't have as many. Did he do a zombie one? 
Yeah, where his daughter was a zombie. Uh, it's called Maggie. Yeah. I actually really like that movie. Is that I thought it was good. Pretty fresh too. Like did it get decent? Yeah, reviews? that one got decent reviews. Um, it had the girl from Little Miss Sunshine, Abigail Breslin, mm. and it was like a really heartfelt movie. And I thought it was one of his better performances. Whereas in this one, you can tell he's really rusty. Yeah, he's uh he's really trying hard to remember some of these lines that I think he just made up on the spot. I think that can be attributed to the script, uh, which isn't particularly strong. Ooh, ooh, I had a great line I wrote down. I told you I had some great lines when I was watching this in my notes. What's lazier, the writing or Forrest Whitaker's eye? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, For- Love you, Forrest. Love you. Forrest Whitaker, uh, great actor. He really loves to uh, turn it off sometimes, and he turns it off in this movie. He just did not want to be there, unlike Bloodsport. At all. There is so many questions I have about the FBI and their utter lack of intelligence in this movie. Uh, Just their lack of execution. Um, It's unbelievable. I feel like there's a Forrest Whitaker shared universe we can come up with where he plays some sort of cop. Maybe from like his Bloodsport character, he got promoted to the FBI. I could see that, you know. He did such a good job wrangling Frank Dukes back in in that movie that wrangling. He, he had he to be in line a, for a promotion. He did such a good job running across boats in some sort of Chinese town and then fell in the water. Uh, he did not do a great job of that. But he was the star football player in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, so oh my God. you know he's got some athleticism. You're such a nerd. Uh, so this was directed by South Korean uh, filmmaker Kim Ji-Woon. This was his American uh, film debut. You may have seen some of his movies. They, I mean, you kind of be a cinephile, but I know you've seen The Three Extremes. Yep. And he did one of the stories in that. Unfortunately, I have seen that. Uh, he did The Good, The Bad, and The Weird, which I highly recommend. That movie's fantastic. And then A Tale of Two Sisters is another one of the more popular ones, and that movie is super creepy. What was that really weird one that you made me watch in college? Ichi the Killer? Yes. I've I've been trying to get rid of that DVD for years now because it's uh, haunting That's Mizaki, me. right? Yes. Yeah. That is a, that's a movie where this guy is sort of a superhero, but he likes to leave traces of himself on, like, plants. Traces of himself is a nice way I think that's the most diplomatic way to put it. Here's a question. Do they, by they, is it painting with broad strokes to say that Korean movies are weird? Uh, they have a, they have a tendency to be a little dark. Yeah. I mean, uh, old boy. Was that Mike? No, Mike did each of the killer. Mike did each of the killer. Mizaki, I think does, uh, cartoons. Uh, so yeah, Takeshi Mike does, he's Japanese though, and he does plenty of weird movies. And, but the guy who did old boy and sympathy for lady vengeance and he's a Korean filmmaker. I can't remember his name. So this guy, uh, South Korean. This yep. was his first film. Uh, not it was his first American first film. American film. So one of the things uh, that I found out about this is he doesn't really speak English. So while he directed this movie, he had to work through an interpreter. That would explain a lot of the awkward scenes. That would explain, I think, the dialogue not exactly <laughs> being very strong, just because there's probably some nuances that aren't there. But it's amazing how well the action is choreographed, considering he had to sort of give commands through an interpreter. If he's responsible for directing the action, I completely forgive him for the 
like terrible dialogue in this movie. One of the cool things, because uh, I own this, uh, the Blu-ray had a uh, half an hour sort of making of behind the scenes. Mm. And they really were very complimentary of sort of his vision. You fucking own this and you didn't give it to me? Well, we watched it like 12 hours apart. Yeah, one of us paid a rental fee. Listen, Arnold needs the money. Oh, my God. He took no salary as governor, all right? He's hurting now. And plus, you know, he's got like the kid that nobody knew about. He's not hurting. He's divorced. Oh, my God. He's having a lot of surgeries, as it turns out. He, He burned the candle at both ends. When you're the best action star ever. Did Okay, so it makes a lot of sense now that he couldn't give a ton of direction to the actors. Did uh, Are you trying to tell me that Luis Guzman wasn't on point throughout dude, this movie? Immediately. I, you know you're fucked in a movie when your best actor is Luis Guzman. I was going to say you know you're fucked when your deputy, when a drug dealer and his henchmen are coming to your town, is 50 pounds overweight. 50? conservatively i dude luis guzman i brought this up when you came over he one of my one of the movies i watched a lot on i think usa or tnt as a kid was the cowboy way and all i remember from that movie is the scene where woody harrelson and Kiefer sutherland are torturing him and how they torture him is they de-pants him tie him up at a cattle ranch and let a calf come and treat his penis like an udder it was shocking that is pretty torturous, though, if you think about it. It was very graphic. Uh, so uh, one of the reviewer quotes I liked was, The Last Stand is loud, idiotic, violent trash and bloody great fun. And I would say that's the most fair assessment that you could possibly have because it is loud, it is violent. I wouldn't say it's trash, and it is bloody great fun. Yeah, it's, uh, I disagree with that entirely. I thought it was great. So... Uh, did you come up with a one-sentence description for this movie? I have a pretty good one. I did take notes this time. and uh, You didn't I, throw them away? <laughs> no. No, I didn't. Thunder. I'm going to call you Thunder for short. All right, do you want me to go or are you first? Uh, you go first. Actually, read me the... Do you have the actual okay, one? actual description. Once a narcotics officer in LAPD, and that's sort of a big deal to the overall plot because just because he was once an LAPD narcotics officer, that means he is... Just the baddest dude on the planet. I love all the. I love how that comes out. Like the exposition dumps in this are great. Yeah. The guy just goes to his house at night and says, "Hey, can you get me a job in L.A.? I know you were a narcotics hey, officer. I know you just witnessed me shoot a gun, and I couldn't handle the recoil, and it broke my nose. But <laughs> anyway, you could put in a good word for me in L.A. Dude, the uh, and the other terrible exposition dump was um, the female sheriff and her boyfriend's in prison. And she's like, I don't know what happened to you. You were a star athlete. You got a full ride. And then he goes something like, and I protected our country in Afghanistan. Yeah. I was like, whoa. Oh, I, I'm still a sharpshooter, by the way. I might be a drunk, but I've, I was in, uh, I did two tours. I've never uh, heard like an ex-girlfriend be so complimentary of a ex-boyfriend. So Frank, they had to played arrest. by Rodrigo Santoro, a.k.a. Xerxes, is uh, Jamie. What? That guy was Xerxes? Yeah, that's Xerxes. Is he Jamie Alexander's ex-boyfriend. Uh, she's Lady Sif from Thor. And they have a lot of terrible dialogue together. So uh, in walks the other deputy, who the dipshit who broke his nose firing a revolver. <laughs> and he's like, hey, Frank. And they do this really weird thing. And then she's like, that was awkward. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, the that was awkward line clearly needed some more direction or simply just to be cut. 
All right. I'd uh, say cut it out. Go for the, uh, okay, so the description. The, uh, narcotics officer in the LAPD, Ray Owens, that's Arnold, has settled into a peaceful life as sheriff, sheriff of Somerton Junction, a quiet border town. But that peace is shattered when Gabriel Cortez, a vicious crime lord, escapes from FBI custody and speeds toward Ray's town with a band of mercenaries. Federal agents prepare to capture Cortez, and Ray is at first reluctant to get involved, but he soon finds he must rally his team and take matters into his own hands. These need to be pithier. There's no way that was like on the box or... I'm really having trouble finding like the cable descriptions for things because I don't have cable. So you can find like the hundred worst cable descriptions, but I can't find like just general descriptions. So that's like just if you Google it. All right, you're up. What's your uh, what's your So, uh, my one sentence description. Arnold, in dire need of a back brace, somehow saves a remote town with a crew of numbskulls from a band of criminals, fist fighting their leader, drug dealing Pau Gasol on a makeshift bridge. He did look a lot like Pau Gasol. A lot. Uh, all right, here's mine. It's a little shorter. Disgraced California politician prevents Mexican from crossing the border. <laughs> <laughs> Arnold's pro pro immigration for the record. I I know that's why it's funny. Uh, I mean that is sort of. I'm not smart enough to pick up on the the the, end, or the bad guy does say like however many illegal Mexicans cross the border every day. What's one going back gonna hurt? I did like when Arnold's like you make us immigrants look bad. It's like I, we we get it. So but. at least they not acknowledged he was foreign, but his name is still Ray Owens. He, okay, okay, if we're going to get into this, let's do it. The most upsetting line to me was when he said, uh, they're like, Forrest Whitaker congratulates him. He's like, you did a great job. His line is something like, of course, this is my home. This is my hometown. First of all, no, it's not. You are from Los Angeles by way of Austria. This couldn't be further from your hometown. It's his adopted home. Fair enough. But if that's a line in the movie, why do you cast Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> so that's one of the things I found out about this movie. Guess who was offered this role before Arnold eventually got it? Steve Austin. I wish. Uh, no, but, I mean, talk about typecasting. Uh, Liam Neeson was offered this role. Again, <laughs> an Irishman. That went to L.A. and then moved to a small town in Arizona. I will say this. Uh, Liam Neeson is much better at masking his accent or lack thereof these days. You know what's funny? Has anyone ever given Arnold a part where he tried to do a different accent? Uh, He's Russian in uh, the movie with Belushi. How close does that sound to Austrian? His Russian accent is abysmal. And I love that movie. But it is not a good Russian accent. Hmm. Red Heat. If you've never seen Red also, Heat. Also, how about this? I want to see the, the script for this movie, and I really want to know if the if the written last line of the movie is the word schmuck. Oh, yes. He uh, he and the mayor, whose literal character name is Mayor. That guy was the fucking mayor? He was the mayor of Somerton. I didn't, I didn't even pick up on that. So he drives a Mustang or something. Some sort of Camaro. And he, he, he's kind of an asshole to Arnold and... Of course, the car gets destroyed, and then he's like, what happened to my car? And he's like, I told you not to park it in the file zone. Flawless. Schmuck. He ends the movie with the line, schmuck. I was waiting for so much more, and the fucking movie just ends. 
He said schmuck twice in this movie. There's so many better, like, and even don't park in a fire zone would have been a disappointing last line. There was so much. So there's some there's some problems with the Mustang being uh, as fast as it is. I think it, it was is. a Camaro. Okay. Well, one either of, way. One of those new Camaros. Because uh, the, the villain who... Now, I have a problem with his overall strategy of getting back to the border. Because oh. like, oh, I'm going <laughs> to drive this car. You I only like, have one problem? Cause I, I have like, 17. Because I like to drive. Uh, but then in this cornfield chase, the Corvette that apparently is the fastest car in the world uh, can't get away from Arnold in the Mustang. Or well, the it neutral- or the corn neutralizes the speed of both cars, just the Porsche. It's the, a little ridiculous. Well, After they tell us how fast this car is, there's a guy that's like, oh, no helicopter can catch that. It's like, okay. <laughs> I don't even know if that's true. Some, uh, Do you remember the deputy... At the very beginning, he clocked it at 197, I think. Yes. And the f- deputy radios in and says, someone's flying a jet. Uh, not not a pilot. They're flying a jet in 1940, apparently. Quick, Yeah, quick question. Don't jets go like 500 miles an hour? <laughs> I, I read, uh, yeah, e- even faster in some cases. I read that uh, whatever uh, transport plane they had would have been twice as fast as the car. So the whole conceit that they could never catch this guy as he weaves in and out of traffic on a one-lane highway uh, is just baffling. Uh, We're going to have a question segment. Oh, yeah. Whatever. I've got got some queued up as we speak. I'm just going to ask you one now. How easy is it, because movies make it seem like it's real easy, but how easy is it to push someone out of a moving car while you're driving? Uh, when you're wearing driving gloves, infinitely easier. <laughs> I like I I kind of put myself in that guy's shoes and even that girl's shoes. If I'm in a car and it's moving, there I'm going to say that there's a zero percent chance someone can push me out of it. And I'm also going to say that I don't think I could push someone out of the car. I mean, first of all, you have to push the door completely open against the wind while you're driving 100 miles an hour while you're going about 140 right now you got to remember pal gasol's like what 611 he's very so he's got some reach rangy he's got uh he's got got good length to him all right so let's just say let's throw that out the window let's say the door for whatever reason does get pushed open while you're driving 100 miles an hour then with the other hand which is not on the wheel anymore you have to get someone who's in like a seated position out the door not to mention she's a trained FBI agent. But again, as I said, the FBI is as utterly useless as having an asshole on your elbow in this movie. That an asshole on your elbow. That's the um that really threw me off. Is that a real saying or did you just make that up? Well, I I believe my grandfather once told the doctor he didn't know his asshole from his elbow. I thought it was an asshole from a hole in the ground. I don't know. My grandfather was an angry Italian guy and he <laughs> Did not like the doctor's prognosis, so that's fair. So, yeah, I guess my question to you is: Do you think you could actually push someone out of a moving car driving 100 miles an hour? Well, you saw him fight at the end. He had some. He had some moves. Yeah, mostly he, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu yeah, moves. He turns into always crazy for about five minutes. He has a very curious strategy on how to attack Arnold when he had a knife belt literally the entire time. <laughs> if you have the fucking knife, just use it right away. You know, this is like a developing theme that we watch these films where people have knife belts. I feel like I've Sign of been a, a failure movie. for never having one. You don't have one? Not one like that, no. Weak. All right, here's a question. Um, 
why didn't they just block that bridge instead of the entire town with a school bus? They There was literally like one street in and out, and they decided to use like four cars. Yeah, again, why didn't they just block the bridge instead of the entire yeah. town? I mean, that just makes way more sense. Or even knock the bridge off. Especially because uh, the bridge wasn't that wide. So Nope, school bus would have completely blocked it. Just totally blocked it. I mean, you could have used Henrietta or whatever Johnny Knoxville's car's name was. Correct. Uh, and that would have worked. Also, Johnny Knoxville had an absurd amount of weapons. I think they could have probably taken more with them. I did like, and this was probably lost in the South Korean translation, when uh, Louis Guzman is trying to take like a mace, a sword, and a shield with him instead of guns. And Arnold walks by and says, what are you fighting in the crusade? Singular, not plural. It does not say the Crusades. <laughs> uh, so did you recognize that sword? What the fuck? What's happening right that's now? That's Conan's sword. <laughs> no! Yep, that's Conan's sword. <laughs> what a, a great. Everything's in the Arnold universe. Though. Everything. Everything comes back. That's upsetting. Uh, so yeah, I did love that part. I sort of love this whole like absurd montage of them loading weapons. And then Luis Guzman has a mace and a sword. During the weapon... Lo- okay, so the the guy that's in prison that plays Xerxes, apparently, yep. that's like holed up in a jail cell, they deputize him to help him out. And Arnold asks him, are you still as good of a shot as you used to be? And he's like, muscle memory, my muscle memory lasts or whatever. Cut to the scene where... Uh, Thunder was just describing. <laughs> they are there's a montage of them loading guns, and and the uh, the boyfriend. What was his name? In the his name was Frank. Frank. So Frank, it cuts to him holding a pistol and pointing it, and he's the shakiest person I've ever seen. <laughs> now one of the deleted scenes in this movie that they, uh, well, obviously they cut it out. It's a deleted scene. Shows like when Arnold arrests him. And he's, it's much more troubling than a simple alcohol problem. He's, like, broken into a pharmacy and, like, nearly OD'd on a bunch of pills. And he's like, I told you not to break into the pharmacy. It's see, like, so wait, this happens a lot? That's the other... See, I, keep that in. Like, I didn't care about any of these people, even Arnold, sadly. That's a lie. <laughs> as a per, as a, a person, I do. But, like, this character in the movie, I was like, I don't, I don't really care if any of these people die. Like, it just kind of... It, it it toes that line of either care about a character and that's part of the movie, or you don't. And it's just straight action, no backstory, no exposition. I'm fine with all that stuff, but this kind of played like you should care about these people, and it's their hometown, and he he know I don't know, just it kind of just in between for me. I will say that the the one character that does die, which is the other deputy who asks Arnold, Jerry? like yeah, Jerry, I did feel a little bad about that. Because he gets like you he cried. gets it pretty bad. Did you cry? I was welling up last Wait, night watching. You felt this. bad that Jerry died. Yeah. Why? Because Jerry uh, was clearly not fit out. You know, he wasn't fit for the life that was coming. Yeah. Wasn't his destiny. Jerry should have been like a preschool ke- teacher. That's. And when you know when it came time to fire some bullets, he had nothing. I don't feel the same way as you do. R.I.P. Jerry. R.I.P. Jerry, we miss you. <clears throat> All right. Uh, Give me another one. Let's see. Cause I How got about, a... oh, okay. Qu- question. Okay. If you're a cop 
and Forrest Whitaker's the commanding officer, mm-hmm. and he yells, hold your fire, because a truck is being raised up in the air by a big magnet. There's a cop in there and a prisoner, and yep. he says, hold your fire. If the next thing he does is start shooting at the truck, do you just fire him on the spot? <laughs> he was not a good commander. Hold your fire. Start shooting at the truck. <laughs> He's not a good commander. Uh, first of all, the giant magnet in itself is troubling because uh, Pau Gasol is wearing metal shackles that don't seem to have any effect. Didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like he should have been stuck to the ceiling of this car. Instead, it only affects the guard who is watching him, and then he gets beat up and so on and so on. And then there's some uh, light, uh, what, do, what do you call that, uh, when you slide down something, whatever the hell. Either way, they go from building to no, building. No, 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 no. <laughs> what are you describing? I, what a, like a zip line? A zip line. She's going to so say a light. There's some light zip lining involved <laughs> in the escape. And, light uh, zip lining? They, uh, they're like a th- 100 feet in the air going from building to building. Yeah, it's pretty and, heavy uh, zip lining. You know, these cops just are just totally inept. No, that scene it reminded me of, um, oh, what's the Spike Lee movie he did with uh, the bank robbery? Inside Man. Yeah, because they have like a bunch of prisoner, a bunch of guys dressed up as prisoners yeah, so running around. There's a I bunch was... of non-Hispanic guys dressed up in the same outfit. <laughs> Rude. The, it was pretty slick. I like that scene. Like, well, I guess there's one other Hispanic guy, but he's wearing like a soccer like clothes. He supports not a prisoner's uniform. Su- and when you see it, it looks nothing like the prisoner's uniform. What do you say? They support. He supports the Dutch, the local team. Dutch football team. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. All right. I got another question for you. Okay. In your car, where do you keep your registration? It's in my glove compartment. Oh, interesting. So is everybody's. In the scene where there's like a checkpoint stop and the cop is asking the guy for his license and registration, the guy hands him his license and then gets his registration out of the visor. He just flips it down. Now that's weird. Yeah. Nobody does that. really bugged me. I was like, am I just keep mine in the wrong spot? Now, did that bug you as much as Peter Stormare pretending to be Southern? Went he was an he went from nihilist to what's his actual heritage? Where's he actually from? Peter Stormare, uh, um, Norway. I, it's some sort well, he's of the Russian Grim Reaper. So yeah, I can't correct. I can't place his accent. It just goes. I'm just gonna call it European. Maybe I don't even know. He's Swedish. Oh sure. Uh, so he literally is southern. Nope. In ten percent of his lines, <laughs> it's it's real bad. And I thought it, it was a joke. Like I thought he was just using the accent because he was in a southern, like a southern border town. But no, he was actually supposed to be southern. Wow, that's um, again the casting seemed to be flawed in this. There's a lot of uh, yeah, what ifs. Like why not just get a southern guy? Why not get Jimmy the King? <laughs> Good callback. Uh, Oliver Platt would have been fantastic as the Louis Guzman role. So they they take over uh, Harry Dean Stanton's farm. They just like show up and they're like, all right, we're going to set up shop here. I don't know why they weren't in the desert already building the bridge. <laughs> Good point. And he's like... He needed some coffee, man. Hey, we'll pay you to be here. And he's like, no, you have to leave. And then he's like, chose the lead over the silver. And they kill Harry Dean Stanton. But it's like, why would he want silver anyway? He's a simple farmer. He didn't really want his money. <laughs> Turns out he didn't have a phone because I had a question like, why would he not just call the cops when they all showed up? But uh, his character didn't have a phone. So Back to Arnold being a poor casting choice and apparently Liam Neeson. 
the line Forrest Whitaker has when he calls Arnold on the phone and he hangs up on him, he says, piss ant country sheriff. Yep. If if the guy on the other side of the fucking phone, the only thing you know about him is he sounds like Arnold Schwarzenegger, the last insult you're going to say is country. <laughs> I think, wouldn't the first question you have for yourself be like, did I call the wrong number? <laughs> did I, yeah. What country code did I dial before this? So that that was, uh, yeah, I feel like this was written for someone else and they just didn't fix the fucking dialogue. Uh, so one of the things I found pretty funny was one of the guys masquerading as fake Pau Gasol, or no, one of the guys working for him has a neck tattoo. Is that like a prerequisite in a movie? Where that the guy in the elevator, guy, right? You have to have a neck tattoo. Yeah, it's like one in every crew. Like at mm-hmm. least one. And the best part was he was like faking like he was the elevator attendant. And I think that's the only time you saw him. Correct. Of like all of all people in the crew to wear like a professional dress, why the guy with the neck tattoo? Yeah, why not? Like he's an elevator attendant. Should he look like he's a terrorist? Well, to be fair, because... there wasn't any exposition that described who he was, so the tattoo gave it away. Yeah. Got to know he's bad. And he didn't really generally look like your normal elevator attendant. He looked like he was really angry and perhaps aiding and abetting an escape of sorts. All right, you got questions over there? Uh, I have some good comments. Uh, Rude. When Forrest Whitaker is interrogating the guy who likes Dutch football, he just starts yelling in English. It's like the classic, this guy doesn't speak English, so now I'm going to be super racist. And then it turns out he speaks English? Turns out he speaks English. All right, here's a question for you. How, How far do you think it was from town to that bridge. To the bridge. They drove through a cornfield and shit. Like roughly how how far do you think that 25 was? minutes. 25 minutes driving. Driving. Okay. Yeah. So when Arnold well, it's comes 25 minutes of movie time. So. Good, fair, okay. <laughs> so when Arnold comes back at the very end after he's beat the guy up and uh handcuffs him, he's tied him to the back of his car and is making him hop on one leg cuz he was stabbed in the other. So yeah, that took like 7 hours. Yep. So, like, when they cut back to town, it's the next week. <laughs> yeah, like, literally, it's been two days. Like, where's where's Sheriff Owens? It was a... Uh, did he get him, or...? It was... Uh, to me, I was just like, how far did he make that guy hop on one leg? He'd yeah. just be dead. So, uh, with the underperformance of the FBI, uh, one, it was pretty clear that the FBI agent was uh, a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, so, I mean, how obvious was that? Like, you knew... Pretty instantly, right? I'm kind of dumb. I didn't. I I didn't even get it when he was like offering to pay her. I didn't even get it. He dropped the key, and I'm like, oh, maybe she's still not bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so maybe it wasn't that obvious. Uh, how do you possibly lose visual on a two lane highway? Oh, that's the helicopter's like, where would he go? That's the it's best. Like, I don't know. Why don't you just hover there for a second? And you'll find him. Are there any? I'm sure there are. I guess, but. Just roads with zero light at all? Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been on some pretty dark uh, backlit roads, but... I but mean, you got to imagine a helicopter with a spotlight is going to be able to see if you just slightly pull off the road. I mean, yeah, if he just stops and turns his light off. How about when he... Like, and that's the thing. The Corvette wasn't like the car from the Fast and the Furious that had the like shovels on it. It was just a normal Corvette, souped up to be faster. And it has a scene where he drives around these FBI cars, FBI SUVs, 
but he's backwards. So he's like facing the SUV as he's driving backwards Mm -hmm. and he hits the brakes and the SUVs just ramp his Corvette. Not a physics major, but I'm pretty sure they would just crush the Corvette. Yeah. No, they, uh, it was actually pretty cool how they did that. They built like a ramp specifically for that purpose and to get it to flip. But they're like, we only had two Corvettes. So if we smash this one, it wasn't going to be good. That was a budget issue. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) Um, but yeah, like it's like I don't know. Put down some, some uh, the spikes, at all. I don't know. He's driving a regular car. Yeah, the fact they couldn't just stop that car that goes a little bit faster than really I mean, fast but that cars. goes right in line with. Uh, do they honestly only have two SWAT cars within <laughs> reach of this place? That's true. Why not send more? So like, as soon as these two cars get waylaid by like the mysterious uh, force of mercenaries, it's like, oh well, they're not coming. It's like they're not dead. Yeah. That's a pretty limited response team there. The FBI, now we know they have planes at their disposal, literally waits until the last 10 minutes of the movie to take a plane to this town. Yeah, they probably had to get you know people to sign off on it. They're a two and a half hour flight away. <laughs> you look that up? <laughs> I mean, it's like, well, they're in Vegas, which by the way, it wasn't Vegas. It was Albuquerque. And you can tell that because it literally looks nothing like Vegas during this escape scene. They show you the strip, and then it immediately looks like a generic side street. Jeez. Okay. So back to the um, terrible writing, and I guess the end of the movie. So the end of the movie is fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drive through a cornfield, fight on a bridge. That reveal where you just see the back of the bad guy and the camera slowly. By the way, great camera work in this, too. Like some of the shots. He does a really nice job with... uh... Like some of the spinning, the, some the of the visual, angles, just overall look of the film. some of those following yeah. cameras. But there was a um, a couple lines where he keeps like offering to buy Arnold off. He's like, I'll "Give you five million dollars just to let me cross the yeah. bridge, ten million. And then the best was, "I'll give you twenty million dollars just to look the other way." And in my mind, that was the pitch to Arnold to do the movie after he read the script. He reads a script, and the, the the director probably just said, "Look, we'll give you twenty million dollars just to look the other way." So we both agreed that the script, like the just the dialogue, is not very good. But this was a, a on in two thousand nine. This was on the blacklist, which is like a the a table group, reads a group of scripts that yeah. haven't been bought yet. Like it was a hot property, and I'm thinking to myself, like this script was a like super hot commodity. Yeah this uh, this has been done before, like. You know, uh, really overqualified cop becomes small town cop. Uh, yeah, I mean they just did it in Stranger and, Things, right? And uh, I, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously we both like the movie, but I like the movie because of the action. And in the hands of a different director, if the action's not nearly as good as this, the movie's terrible. Oh, if this action was bad, it's like a D movie. Oh yeah, it's it would be an unwatchable film. But the action is so cool. It's very stylized. It's violent as all hell. And there's literally probably five to six moments where you're just like, holy shit, that just happened. Yeah, there's some great deaths in this. And again, I I, I don't always notice like the cinematography, but it looked good. It looked it does, really yeah. good. It looks it looks really good. So that's a, here's a good question. What's the best kill of the movie? I have mine. Oh, my for me it's when Arnold spears the guy off the roof. But as he's spearing him, shoots him in the head. It's fucking Yeah, great. Arnold literally takes this guy, tackles him, shoots the guy in the head, and rides his corpse down to the front of Mrs. Salazar's teddy antique shop. Yeah, that's mine. So to me, that hands down, that was the best kill. Now, 
Uh, he did that stunt. He did a lot of his own stunts, from still what I understood. Still don't believe you? Uh, and I think the second place kill goes to the flare gun kill. <laughs> so Johnny Knoxville, who's sort of a bumbling idiot, uh, but owns a lot of weaponry. Well, that's sort of a theme in America, I suppose. Bumbling idiot owns way too many weapons. I thought you were going to get political this nah, way. But he uh, he drops his gun, uh, Georgetta, I think the name of the big revolver is, and he pulls out a flare gun and shoots this guy in the back, and it immediately starts like lighting up all the guy's bullets, and he just blows in half. Yeah. It's like a Mortal Kombat kill. It was cool. I would like Mythbusters to get their hands on that, though, because I'm pretty sure if I shot a flare at some shotgun shell some shotgun rounds it wouldn't just explode do we need mythbusters for this or can we go to your backyard or something i don't have a flare i want under what circumstances well, just like buy a cow carcass and see if it works i don't have a flare gun oh that's easy to get are you kidding me <laughs> i don't own a boat so i don't need a fucking flare gun best arnold line in the film i have a lot of nominees because i actually liked a lot of his lines oh even none the script wasn't I've, pretty good i vote for none of them so, Gabriel Cortez was the name of Evil Palgasol. Here are the nominees. He says, you fucked up my car. Ray Owens says, you fucked up my day off. Okay, yep. I'm uh, trying to blend in was a good one. Those, you going boating? Trying to blend in. Yeah. Mayor says, Ray, Ray, what in God's name happened to my car? And we said this one. Well, next time, don't park it in the fire zone. Awesome burn. Schmuck. No, again, these are all fucking terrible. Uh... So during the montage of them loading weapons, uh, Johnny Knoxville says, I'll take old Henrietta here. And Sheriff looks at him and goes, do you have stupid names for all your shit? Pretty strong line. Pretty strong line. Uh, Irv, who is at the diner. I I think he runs the diner. Yeah, because the diner's called Irv's. Arnold comes crashing through the door. He says, how are you, Sheriff? He says, old. (laughs) Oh, Oh, here's my favorite Arnold line. In the very beginning, when he's in the cafe, he's about to leave. One of the waitresses says something, and he says, "No thanks, Christy." Like there's, he knows her, so there's really no need to use her name there. And there's only three people in the diner. It was just so off-putting, including fake Southern Peter Stormare. Dude, Stormare brings it. (laughs) How you doing, Sheriff? You trying? You telling me right now that he has a Southern accent? Is it? Is it like a joke that he? can't do other accents i mean he could not do this accent it was so bad and his character would actually be really awesome if he just went with his normal swedish (laughs) apparently accent uh and the last one and this is my pick after arnold comes crashing down through the uh tarp at mrs salazar's antique shop he's like struggling to get up and this guy creeps through her shop and he's getting ready to shoot him in the back she pulls out like a sawed off and blows this guy away and he just looks at her and he goes, Mrs. Salazar, obliged. What a name, too, Mrs. Salazar. Yeah, she didn't look like a Salazar to me. By the way, I think that was lost in the South Korean translation that he can just say obliged. I love that part. Mine is, uh, what do you think you're fighting in? When he's talking to Luis Guzman, when he's smuggling swords in his pants. Oh, the what crusade. do you think you're fighting in, the crusade? That's another good one. So there are some good good one-liners. He says the crusade. That. Well, maybe this is the first part Thunder. of it. Thunder. It lasts a long time. <laughs> the Crusade. You know, maybe he did one tour. I mean, he just the, did one. Frank did two tours. Maybe <sighs> Luis Guzman just did one tour in the Crusade. The first Crusade. 
better than the second. The Latin tell you that much. <laughs> All right. What is your uh, God? Louis Guzman just carried this movie. Oh, he's great in it. Yeah, it's. I mean, the cast is fun. There's a lot of people that you like. I mean, I like Stormare despite him attempting to sabotage the movie with his shitty Southern accent. Uh, I love Luis Guzman. Uh, tell tell the audience, uh, the five people that listen, what uh, what they would know Stormare from. Well, Big Lebowski. He's a nihilist. Mm-hmm. Um, the Russian Grim Reaper from Bad Boys Two. Yep, Fargo. Fargo. Put someone in a wood chipper. He puts chipper. Uh, Steve Buscemi in a wood chipper. Yeah. Those are the big ones. But he's yeah. been around. I mean, he's in a lot. I mean, he's in uh, Armageddon. Is he in one of the Wicks? He's the Russian cosmonaut in Armageddon. I feel like he should be in one of the John Wick movies. Uh, he might be, but I don't I don't think he is. No. I don't think he is. John Wick yeah. 3, fingers crossed. Trevelyan. Uh, yeah, Golden Eyes on in the background. Golden Eyes on in the background. You know who would have been better in, in, uh, as Burrell? Sean Bean. He would have he would have died instead of the farmer though. He's got to die immediately. In oh yeah, he never lasts. <laughs> he really would have fucked up evil Palgasol's plan. Sean Bean. Okay, so we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. I don't have a whole lot of other internet research, but we'll go through it, and uh, we'll learn some interesting things. So we'll be right back. So we're back on hops and box office flops. And this is uh, I'm Not a Scholar But and uh, things I learned on the internet or from watching the extras for this movie, which I went through last night after I watched the film itself. So number one, uh, this was Arnold Schwarzenegger's first lead acting role since Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines in 2003. So it had been 10 years. Is this like a true-false thing? You want me to guess if these facts are true or not? No, this is true. Change the segment next time so I can guess if it's true guess or false. It, guess if it's true or false. We can yeah, do that. Just make up. All right, read me the next one, and I'll tell you the false one you should have done. Uh, so uh, we told we talked about how the script was on the blacklist. Liam Neeson was offered the role. Oh, there you go. That one would have killed me. So, true or true false. false, Liam Neeson was offered the role. <laughs> I would have been wrecked. True or false, this is the second movie in which Peter Stormare plays a character who loses part of his ear in the climactic fight. I saw you reading that right off of your iPad. I'm going to say true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Big Lebowski. <laughs> of course, he's a nihilist. So he gets his ear shot off, uh, <laughs> which is great. This segment's going well for me. Read the next one. So here's something, uh, how generous Arnold is. During filming, he purchased clothes at Walmart for the crew because it was so cold at night. So people saw him at a local Walmart buying like warmer clothes for people on the crew. False. It was a Target, not a Walmart. No, it's true. It was a Walmart. Oh. This isn't going on. Uh, Knoxville and Arnold did most of their own stunts. Knoxville did essentially all of his own stunts, including one where he falls down a light pole. Of course, he's our generation's Jackie Chan. Yep. And as I said, the movie was primarily filmed in Bellin, New Mexico. Uh, Obviously, it's set in Arizona. So Bellin, New Mexico, and it actually featured high school students from the Bellin High School. And you can see them in the opening scene as they're preparing to go play in the big football game. Yeah, probably cheap to shoot in New Mexico. And the Bellin High School has the same mascot as the Somerton Junction. It's an eagle. False. It's a falcon. Is this not true false? No. Damn it. Well, I can't do it this time. I have all this stuff. Ad lib. Uh, Section of Bellin they filmed in was essentially no longer used. So Herb's Diner was completely rebuilt from a building that had been condemned. So they built all that. That's true. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah, you totally nailed that one. Okay. 
And the Corvette in the movie, we talk about how fast it is because they never stop talking about it and letting you know how fast it is. Wait, did you watch this with director's commentary on? No. Uh. I watched, like, the extras. It was the fastest uh, car you could purchase at the time. I really, I should have watched this with subtitles between Arnold's accent, Stormare's Swedish accent, Swedish Southern Swedish accent, and the... Southern Swede. The, was the guy that... From the plains of Sweden. Was the bad guy actually Mexican? Well, yeah, he, he is. He's a Hispanic actor. Yeah, between their three accents trying to say things in English, it was... I would have preferred they just speak their native tongue and they subtitle it. I didn't really know him from anything else. Yeah. It, again, it looked like he crossed Pau Gasol with... Uh, yeah. With Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren. <laughs> Driver, Adam Driver. Uh, so... Arnold, uh, I watched. I even went back and watched old interviews for this movie. And he, were there Star Wars on the podcast you did about uh, sci-fi movies? Yes, Rogue One made it. Uh, Last Jedi made it, and so did Force Awakens. Last uh, Jedi. Yeah, that's the newest of the trilogy films. No, I was thinking Return of the Jedi. Yeah. So, none of them fared particularly well in my book. So. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so Arnold talked in an interview about all these other scripts he was going to be making. And he mentions Twins and Conan. There's a sequel to Twins, apparently, that there was a script for. And there was a new Conan. Now, what? What are the odds either of those happens? Hold on. Because this was, mind you, this is six years ago now. A sequel to Twins. I would be so Yeah, I called Triplets, and I think Eddie Murphy was supposed to be in it. <laughs> Which, by the way, still it would work even better today. Yeah, all so. three, all three of them would be on board. Oh especially yeah, especially Devito. Devito does uh, is probably. I mean, he's by far the most active of the three. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You, you have to pitch what you think the plot for Triplets would be, starring those three characters. Give me a, give me a plot. I mean, how do you run that movie back? Like the whole, <laughs> the whole conceit is like, how can these guys possibly be brothers? One is short and fat, and the other one is an Adonis. They pretty much settled everything too by killing the guy with chains. Yeah, because the whole thing was based upon they found their mom, Devito being sort of a con man, and he's in trouble. And yeah. then Jules, Julius helps him out. So I don't know. Maybe the other brother's in trouble. His career's in trouble. Rude. So yeah, how about the yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, how do you really run Twins back? I have to know what the plot, what the pitch is for a Twins sequel. That's like them running Kindergarten Cop back, and it's like, guess what? We got another kid with a convict dad. Oh, that's dad. easy. First grade cop. <laughs> <laughs> it's the exact same movie, except they're just in first grade. Okay, I'd well, see. I think a lot of time has passed. It's like the sequel to Groundhog's Day. Groundhog's Day. <laughs> Uh, so deleted scenes. Like we talked about Frank getting arrested after breaking into the pharmacy. Uh, they have one that sort of elaborates on how beat up an old Arnold is, but I, it was clear why they cut it out because when you watch him run, it's clear he's old and beat up. Maybe Eddie Murphy's their dad because they never find out who the dad is, right? Eddie it's Murphy just, uh... is younger than Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito by a wide margin. Yeah, because we're going to use a lot of fucking logic for the plot of <laughs> Twins 3. Well, two triplets. Twins two triplets. <laughs> he's like twenty years younger than not twenty, he's fifteen. Is DeVito older than Schwarzenegger? Uh it's pretty close. 
I mean, Arnold's pushing seven. DeVito's got to be up there. DeVito looks essentially the same. Yeah, he hasn't. Well, he th- looks older, but he, he doesn't, doesn't rock look, the ponytail. He anymore. doesn't look. He hasn't aged nearly as visibly as Arnold has. <laughs> Put it that way. So maybe that's like the secret. It's like turns out being short and fat was the way to be. Rude. <laughs> Don't make eye contact with me when you say that. Uh, the rest of the deleted scenes were pretty um, worthless. So it was clear why they cut them out. I guess one good one would have been <clears throat> Jamie Alexander sort of has this like tender moment after her the deputy is killed. Like you see how it affected her. It's the guy died in her arms after all. But I love how you just think that they cut these scenes out because they were useless. I can name about 20 they kept in they could have cut out. The movie's only an hour and 47 minutes long. That's about 47 minutes longer than what they needed to wrap it up. So, you know, that's really it. I mean, there's not a lot of behind this the scenes. This would have been a good episode this. of Justified. It's, it almost <laughs> is an episode of Justified. Except it's 47 minutes too long. I mean, you could actually legitimately imagine Arnold telling Forrest Whitaker that the shooting was Justified. Timothy Oliphant, forty-five of them. Timothy Oliphant would have been a better cast than Arnold. I mean, I love Oliphant, but that you better take that back. I can't believe you own this. I once saw him at a Clippers game. He was the most handsome person I'd ever seen in real life. Seriously? Oh my god, dude! Yeah. Hmm. Like, have you seen Arnold in real life? No. (laughs) Makes sense. Be in jail if I saw him. If you see Arnold in real life and you're wearing sweats, you'll be in prison. Who's that guy chasing Arnold Schwarzenegger down the street? <laughs> who's that? He who's that erect man sprinting after the governor? Uh, I I mean, I would love to meet Arnold. I would, we could just talk about movies for hours. All his movies, of course. Yeah, I'm sure he'd love that. Uh, <laughs> if you love Arnold as much as I do, make sure you read the blog I wrote for RevengeOfTheFans.com about uh, the top five uh, Arnold characters who I would enlist if I had to fight off in a horde of zombies or dinosaurs with laser guns or uh, aliens that shit acid and could cloak. What, so, what, uh, where'd the inspiration for that come from? Just uh, sitting around one day and I said, you know what, if shit really hit the fan here and I needed five guys to defend the, the planet from annihilation, who would I enlist? And all of them happen to be Arnold characters. I'm intrigued by your definition of shit that hit the fan is aliens shitting acid well yeah that'd be troublesome don't you think no where do you think sinkholes come from that seems loosely based on no science at all uh, you know who knows what's our next segment i'm not a scientist but uh that's our next segment you, so. <laughs> i'm not a scientist but <laughs> so our next segment is the the list so where are we gonna rank sort of sheriff ray owens on the aging scale the aging tough guy scale Aging, are these aging cops or just tough guys? Aging tough guys. They're not all cops. All right, so you're going to so. start with the the weakest, the one, and then go to the five? Yep, so we'll come back in just a second. Okay, we're back for our third and penultimate segment on the show today. Is it uh, penultimate or penultimate? Penultimate. I've only seen it written. P-E-N, ultimate. You also don't say Falcon, right? Say, Falcon. Say, what's the Falcon? Falcon. Hey, question: What's the uh, spacecraft that Harrison Ford and Chewbacca fly in? The Millennium Falcon. What's the bird that flies around? It's not an eagle. That's a falcon. 
I, I think, doesn't someone call it the Millennium Falcon in the movies? Is it spelled F-U-L-C-O-N? I bet you, you know, I call it that. Isn't that what Lando calls it? Lando's like my space hero. Your, your space spirit animal? Yeah, I love Billy D. Williams. Unbelievable. Cult 45. Go, go okay, ahead. Okay, so our scale is, where does Ray Owens rank on the scale of grizzled His elderly? His fucking name was Ray Owens? Yeah. Grizzled <laughs> elderly guys who take no shit. Okay. So obviously we start with a one, which is the worst. Steven Seagal, <laughs> he's are, back. Are we just going to make him the one every time? Anytime there's an action movie, I will find a movie that he is in and that he will be a one. There's so many you can choose from for this one. Oh, he's so garbage. So I didn't do anything that's like basically straight to DVD because obviously those are all just garbage. And I mean, his his like post-2003 Exit Wounds appearance, was that 2003? But somewhere in there is just riddled with just schlocky garbage. Glimmer Man? That's before Exit Wounds. But yeah, also <laughs> Was garbage. it really? Yeah. That was in theaters? Glimmer Man was in theaters. Oof. Uh, one of the reviews I found for that was positive, but it said he's visibly gaining weight. Like during the like, movie? like, man, you could call that out in the review. Hold on. Hold on. Like, did the guy mean during the movie from scene to scene? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, <laughs> is the, that is the movie where we decided that uh, whenever he was not... Uh, they couldn't find him on set. He must have been at catering. So, Oh, correct. Craft services. So Steven Seagal is Sasha Petrasevich in Half Past Dead. Jesus. A husky man with a bum knee goes undercover in a prison to unravel a nonsensical plot. Doesn't he wear a do-rag in that movie? Yes. <laughs> While there, he befriends Ja Rule, but somehow does not get invited to the fire festival. <laughs> nice. Number two. You're killing it today with your comedy. Bruce Willis is John McClane in A Good Day to Die Hard. John McClane travels to Russia to help out his seemingly wayward son, Jack. And a shit sandwich of a movie ensues, deflating any interest I had in ever seeing another movie in this series again. I'll, st- I'll still watch. True story. I took my wife to see A Good Day to Die Hard uh, on Valentine's Day. A Good Day to Die Hard is yeah. going to be the name of your she sex-, wasn't, sex tape in your 70s? She wasn't my wife at the time, so somehow <laughs> she, she stuck around. Probably her fault now. It's too late. <laughs> a good day to die hard <laughs> is the most aggressively sexual title for a movie I've ever heard. It certainly is like, that is probably what someone at like Del Boca Vista says right before That's he... going to be the name of Hugh Hefner's memoirs. <laughs> Pops of Cialis. They're at, you know, they're at the bingo hall and he's like, you know what? Today's a good day to die hard. What's that? Oh. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right, number three, number three. Sylvester Stallone as James Bonomo in Bullet to the Head. After watching his partner die, a New Orleans hitman forms an alliance with a Washington, D.C. detective to bring down their common enemy. Man. He also more than casually drinks bullet bourbon and axe fights with Jason Momoa. I thought you were going to go with, like, Copland for Stallone. Dude, you got, have you seen Bullet to the Head? No. Oh, you've got to see Bullet to the Head. Terrible? It's awesome. Awesome like this movie awesome or awesome like... Awesome like this movie awesome. Oh, okay. But he literally axe fights Jason Momoa. That's you... not, I didn't misspeak there. He axe fights <laughs> Jason Momoa. They both have a, a can they... of axe body spray and they just fucking go at yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> they start trying to torch each other. It's crazy. <laughs> no, axe fights. It's awesome. Number four. Clint Eastwood as Walt Kowalski in Gran Torino. Yep. Disgruntled Korean War veteran, Walt Kowalski sets out to reform his neighbor, 
a Hmong teenager who tried to steal his prized possession. Mostly, though, he just acts horribly racist. Yeah, no, he's um, he totally redeems himself, though, by his life for the, spoiler alert, for the uh, other he, kids. The he is moms. a badass in that movie, though. When he shows up to the door and just beats the shit out of that guy. That movie is flawless until the end credits when it's goddamn Clint Eastwood singing Gran Torino. Gran Torino. How can you sing, like, in your own movie? What kind of meta bullshit is Uh, that? Yeah, no. And it's not like he has a good voice, so... No! He sounds like Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. (laughs) Don't go knocking Cooper now. That soundtrack is... Love Cooper. It's a tearjerker. Yeah, is it? It is. (laughs) And number five, Liam Neeson as Brian Mills in Taken. Yeah, no shit. A retired CIA agent travels across Europe and relies on his old skills, which essentially all entail horrific murder, to save his estranged daughter who has been kidnapped while on a trip to Paris. Yeah, he's definitely beneath Eastwood and Liam Neeson in this. So probably just tied with Stallone or since I haven't seen Bullet to the Head, maybe we'll say tied until I see it. Yeah, you got to see it. We'll discuss it. We could actually do that one because, again, uh, it was a flop. I love that you tell me it's a great movie and then say we can do it on our podcast about shitty movies. Our podcast is really about movies that are either really bad or just made no money. And Bullet to the Head made no money. I think it opened to $4 million. Guess who was there? This guy. Can't Um, see me, but I'm pointing to myself because I was there. We we have to do Stallone's... uh, Guess about, what else I made my wife see in theaters? Bullet to the head. Live for oh, your daughter. and the last stand. The fact that you're still married after these stories is boggling my mind. We have to do um, uh, what's Travolta's penultimate movie? I'm going to keep using that term. Uh, well, he's in one from Paris with Love. Yeah, we're doing that. That uh, now I considered putting him on this list too, but I mean he's like a ten. So Charlie Wax is a ten. Charlie Wax. I got to tell you this right now. Charlie Wax takes Brian Mills to the woodshed. Ooh, what about the cut myself shaving? What's Jonah your... Hex? <laughs> yeah, we, we got to do that, right? Uh, yeah, that's a DC movie too, so. Is Jonah Hex better or worse than Wild Wild West? It's much worse. I can watch Wild Wild West and be entertained. I watch Jonah Hex and I think about tearing my eyeballs out. How are you that immediately certain that it's so much better because i had wild wild west is a guilty pleasure of mine okay i love that movie i mean i know it's terrible but i enjoy watching it that makes one of us jonah hex on the other hand is like there's almost nothing good about it except for when he says i cut myself shaving what happened to you and he shoots (laughs) shoots the guy cut myself shaving (laughs) what happened to your face man uh cut myself shaving what happened to yours that movie is truly a shit pie all right, well, better movie, Wild Wild West, or um, what's the remake with Rooster Cogburn, Jeff Bridges? Oh, obviously, it's uh, True Grit. You think True Grit's better than Wild Wild West? Yes. Your pleasure's not guilty enough, then? I mean, True Grit was nominated for Best Picture. Shot or killed? <laughs> <laughs> what's a... Uh, what's, what's, um... I do like that he sort of just t- literally turned into a combination of that character and the dude... <laughs> Later in life. He does sound just like... You never know if he's going to be stoned or he wants to shoot you in the face. That's awesome. He's just morphing into his yeah, characters. Yeah, like it just cycles. 
He's never the Tron guy, though. What do you think it's like to hang out with Jeff Bridges? Oh, it's got to be awesome. Just a haze of You probably learn a lot grass. about life and not in the way you wanted to learn about life. Yeah. Did I you think... see his speech when he won the like Lifetime Achievement Award and he started talking about trim tabs? What's a trim tab? It's like... Uh... It's a piece of uh, it's a piece of like a small like a small thing on a on a larger device that helps steer it. I I don't know exactly, but you have to watch the speech. I'll put it on the Twitter at Hops and Bo Flops. It's just strange, and he's like, "We're all trim tabs, man." I'm I have to see this. You have to. Good for him, man. Yeah. I mean, he's awesome. He's an awesome dude. So I mean, uh, last segment coming up in six degrees. You'll test me. And uh, beware, because I like a lot of these actors. Done. A lot of them. You know I'm using Louis Guzman. Let's do it. So we'll be right back for our last segment, and then we'll do some recommendations, as usual. Okay, here we are with Six Degrees of Movie Separation, just like Six Degrees of the wonderful and delightful Kevin Bacon. You name one actor. You name another, I've got to get to them in common films they share with other actors in six degrees or less. So, Luis Guzman and who? All right. We'll do a... If this turns out to be way too easy, I'm do, I'd reserve the right to do another one. Deal? Deal. All right. Luis Guzman and Steven Seagal. And Steven Seagal. Okay. <laughs> now, a lot of thoughts are probably going through your head right now. What's going through my head is... Did I pick someone that's been in way too many movies? Because I think Luis Guzman's been in enough movies with... Oh, he's certainly in a lot of movies, yeah. The one that... I'm not going to give you that. One that comes to mind where he's just been in a... Because I have it now, if you want it. Jesus. You're such a nerd. You said Steven Seagal, right? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, The fact that you know other actors in Steven Seagal movies is upsetting to me. So you go Guzman to Schwarzenegger, obviously in this movie. Schwarzenegger to Stallone in. Uh, you could either do The Expendables or we'll do Escape Plan just to be diverse. Uh, you go Stallone to Kurt Russell in Tango and Cash. You go Kurt Russell to Seagal in Executive Decision. Oh, that is cheap. Seagal's in that movie for like five seconds. The way it always should be. All right, I respect that. Him closing the door, the hatch, and then he falls to his doom is like the sweetest moment in cinema history. It's like, thank God he's gone. All right, I want to do another I one. I just kept worrying he'd come back somehow. Here, Here's the one I want to do now. Uh, the guy that plays Xerxes. Okay, Rodrigo Santoro. And, um, God, I should have given you the bad guy from this, but I don't think he's in anything else. I Yeah, I'd have to. All right. That would be tough. I'm giving you Santoro. You can't use The Last Stand, though. I can't use the last stand. So Fair. you get Santoro to Eddie Murphy. <laughs> Rodrigo Santoro to Eddie Murphy. Only because I'm f- now... Uh, okay, I got it. Oh, come on. Uh, so you got uh, Xerxes uh, to Gerard Butler. Uh, Gerard Butler to Jennifer Aniston. Jennifer Aniston to Ben Stiller and Along Came Polly. Gerard Butler and Jennifer Aniston were in the... Uh, the hell's the name of that movie? Where he essentially has her arrest. He arrests her. Either way, whatever. So, and along came Polly. Ben Stiller to Eddie Murphy in The Tower Heist. Something wrong with your mind. I read uh, read something interesting. I think it's called The Bounty Hunter. 300. Butler arrests Jennifer Aniston. You're such a nerd. The, um, 
The reason it's so like uh, over the top with the action and awesome, you know, three hundred fantastic, fantastic movie. But the reason that uh, it's so like fantastical and like there's monsters and ninjas and magic is because the point of view of the movie is the guy that loses his eye and goes back and tells the rest of the Greeks the story. So he's so, supposed to be making it more than he's embellishing yeah. to try to recruit them to because like we're Spartans exactly we can do anything. Yep, that, um, I didn't ever put that together. But I read it online. I was like, oh, that makes it. I guess I never awesome. really thought about that. I knew it was a comic book, obviously by Frank Miller. So I just figured that's. I didn't. I didn't care at all. Still loved it, but, it, but that uh, gave that me, does make a lot of sense because like, you know, they they all died. How are you gonna get more? Yeah, it was. You, know, uh, you got to trump it up a little bit and be like, "We were so heroic in defeat." I thought it was cool. Uh, I love that movie, a lot. That one is infinitely rewatchable. I'm gonna get you on one of these six degrees. This is just getting ridiculous. Well, you know, again, I mean, I there's not enough uh, Grand Canyon uh, brewery beers in me. This is when I'm at my sharpest. Uh, you know, and we've been talking about Arnold for an hour, so that never hurts. You're the worst. Razor sharp. So recommendations. What have you been uh, watching? Uh, I, I have to admit I've come around a little bit to your side with Adnan Saeed uh, because I remembered a lot of the inconsistencies from the show that I had forgotten about. Like, why didn't they investigate Don at all? He didn't actually have an alibi. His mother covered for him, you know? Yeah. So... Uh, that's been interesting. Obviously, that's a good documentary to watch. That's on HBO. The case against Adnan Saeed, and he just got denied his appeal. So they're like still fighting this thing. It's because if they're all corrupt, they're oh, all yeah, corrupt they're, if they let that appeal go through. Um, always remember that the court system is not your friend, and there's many uh, displays of that in a lot of these true crime podcasts where they just screw people over. Yes, you you will, before ever speaking to a cop, say the magic words, I'd like to speak to my attorney. You know, like, I'm not entirely sure that Steve Avery is innocent. He's obviously a weird guy, but they they steamrolled that guy so hard in uh, the making of a murderer. And Dassey, too. Like they, oh, Dassey, who, you know, that guy, poor that poor kid's, like, got yeah. Asperger's, and they force him into a confession, which is not legal, by the way. Uh, there's actually a good Netflix series that's all about forced confessions. Yeah, I watched uh, recently that uh, show on Netflix. Um, man, Life After Death, Ricky Gervais. I heard that's good. Man, it was good. I like Ricky Gervais not, a lot. Not a comedy. There's like some British humor in it for sure, but... Usually he's very dry and sort of underplayed with the humor. It is... It gets the emotions going in almost every single episode from beginning to end. A strong recommendation to so watch that's that. That's Life After Death? Life After Death with Gervais okay. on Netflix. It's uh, good. So if you listen to our, our last impromptu pod where we did those brackets, I talked quite a bit about how awful Jurassic World 2 was. So my recommendation is don't watch Jurassic World 2. Uh, I also uh, remember I talked about Life of the Party, which is back to school with... Melissa McCarthy, don't watch that either. Although there's a couple funny moments in there. And then I watched Uncle Drew as well. <laughs> uh, the premise of that movie is so frigging absurd. 
a bunch of ex-NBA or current NBA players dressed as old men enter a basketball tournament. And it is not a strong film. What? By the way, that movie cleaned up at the box office. Uh, Uncle Drew. Seems it Im- did well. Improbable. Like, it did really well. Uh, but it did have some funny moments, but it's really not worth watching. So would, there's some there's three recommendations of things you shouldn't watch. Would you rather watch Uncle Drew or Like Mike with Lil Bow Wow? Oh, Uncle Drew, 100%. Would you rather watch Uncle Drew or Space Jam? Space Jam, because, I mean, that I liked that when I was a kid. Larry's not white. Larry's clear. Larry's clear. And would, it's got Bill Murray, so yeah, Space Jam. Would you rather watch Uncle Drew or Slam Dunk Ernest? So here's a good question. Uh, Uncle Drew Here's a good question Now that LeBron James Is seemingly not Very good anymore Are they going to have to Fill his role With somebody else In Space Jam too Because they want to Win the game Not lose To the Knicks That was rude he's, I'm sorry But he's looking rough He's just old man I he's know old so as we are Do you want to recruit The guy that's going to Win the game Or You might as well Get Wizards Jordan For Space Jam too. Is it a reboot Or a sequel can it really be a reboot? Wait, is it, is a Does reboot, it need to be a reboot? Just I mean, re- it's going to have the same plot anyway. Is a reboot the same as a remake? No. A remake would be like you take the film and you literally remake it and you faithfully adapt it. A reboot is you, you're trying to do something completely new with the, the franchise. Oh, like all the Friday the 13th More sequels. of a reimagining, like The Wiz. God damn it. We're going to... One day we're going to settle our argument for... Uh, What's the better coming-of-age movie? She's All That or Can't Hardly Wait? Well, yeah, actually, you know what? I do want to do the teen comedies month. So if you have teen comedies that you know weren't very good, but you love them anyways, we're thinking uh, when school's out, you know, we do a school's out for summer special month of bad teen comedies. Uh, It's going to be hard for me to speak against any movie made in the 90s or 2000s about I mean, there's, high school. there's a lot to be said for some of these Freddie Prinze movies from the mid-90s that, looking back, are just terrible movies. And I don't know why he was a thing for 15 minutes, but he was. Rude. I mean, he's he seems like a really cool guy. He wrote for WWE for a while. Do you know he was supposed to be a Jigsaw in the Punisher Warzone? He read for that and apparently was awesome and loves Punisher, the comics. I knew but... he's, I mean, he's a nerdy guy. He's a fanboy for sure. Yeah. Um, it yeah. couldn't have it couldn't have been worse than what we got. We need after Jigsaw and Punisher Warzone is laughably bad. <laughs> after after Schwarzenegger month, hundred percent, we need to do like teen movies, coming of age movies. Oh, I'm in. Right. Summer catch, baby. Mm, can't hardly wait. Still better. Oh yeah, no, can't hardly wait. It's like legit good. Of course, there's it plenty is. of bad ones. What do you think? There's a movie think, where Freddie Prince is like a CIA agent, head over heels. Not happening. What do you think uh, Can't Hardly Wait got on Rotten Tomatoes? If you're within 5%, I'm, I'm buying dinner. 65. All right, look it up. That's just a guess. But hop on your, hop on your pad there and look it up. Can't Hardly Wait. I bet you it's closer to 70. There's, dude, these are cri- the critic score. The audience score might be that high, but... Audience uh, score is 105, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I, bet the critics, uh, mm, I bet the critic score is like in the 30s. You think so? This was, I mean, Seth Green basically carried the movie. I, are you sure he carried it? Well, okay, so I was off. Yeah, it's a 40. <laughs> You're buying dinner for a it's month. It's a 40. That's a, that's a tough loss. Boy, I 
Look back. With, When's the last time you saw that movie? Glasses. When's the last time you saw that movie? 2003. Yeah, we need to revisit that for yeah. sure. It's been a while. Oof. I mean, I remember loving it. Ethan Embry. He's the guy who's, you know, he loves Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, uh, I also watched... Russ uh, from Vegas Vacation. Damn it. <laughs> All right, let's 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 end the pod. All right, let's let's wrap it up. Wait, do I actually have a, uh, something to watch? No, just don't watch those three. I'll, uh, I'm going to try and watch Triple Frontier this week. Ooh, ben I was going to try to watch that too. And Charlie Hunnam and uh, the gang. Looks pretty badass. I am going to revisit Sabotage, which is another Arnold movie, which has a very similar plot to Triple Frontier where a bunch of uh, agents steal a drug dealer's money and uh, shit goes down. What's the uh, next Arnold movie I have to watch? Batman and Robin. That's our last movie. So this will go up uh, a couple days. Do you own it? It's a Monday. We'll probably get it up later in the week. Do you do I own, own it? Batman and Robin? No, but I do have the DC Universe app, and I think it's on there. So, I'm getting your password. Yeah, we might want to actually sit down and take notes on that one together because I might need like moral support for half of that movie. I can't. I I remember Bane being not like. Ah! The... <laughs> ah! You might have to carry me across the finish line for that one. Oh, man, I can't wait. All right, uh, that should be out in a week or so. Yeah, so that one will be the the end of Arnold Action Month, and then just a teaser, we're heading into a little bit of a sports month because we're going to do a baseball movie for the kickoff of baseball season, Major League Two. Uh, We're going to put out a football poll for the NFL draft. So we'll have, what do you think, like the program? No, fu- you can fuck all the way off if you think I'm doing the program on this. Well, that's one of the I, best I movies ever made. Well, I don't think it did well though. Well, Bullshit. Necessary Bull fucking shit. Necessary roughness. All right, we can we can do. Uh, yeah, because Bacula is shit, and you know that. You <laughs> now things are going down here. Nobody blasphemes Bacula. I can't think of a a really bad football movie either that I didn't like or that probably shit the bed because even the ones that aren't good made a ton of money. Lucas. Huh? You ever seen Lucas with Corey Haim? Oh, radio. Yeah, that one did not do well. <laughs> I don't think we can do that. No, that one's There's uh, nothing borderline I offensive. Yep. And when I say borderline, it's offensive. Yeah. He, I, they did not do a good job with what they were working for there. Yeah, he goes full in that one. It's not good. It's not good. Fuck. And, uh, Bad. So we're going to do a baseball. You want to do a football. Yeah, Major League Two, which I have seen. I still think we should many, do many Back times. to the Miners. Are we going to do a basketball Well, one? we can always revisit back to the minors as well. You want to do a basketball one or a... Oh, and then when the hockey playoffs start, it's sudden death time, baby. We're getting in there. It's game seven. It's Van Dam. He's fist-fighting mascots. He's a fireman. That's not a I'm bad movie, in. nor do I think it oh, but didn't make it got, a... It got terrible reviews and it bombed. Damn. Uh, this you got to remember, this is the cocaine-abusing Van Dam era where he's off the rails. I read an article Off the about, rails? Uh, is that a cocaine joke? Yeah. He's on <laughs> he's the rails. A, I was going to say, if he's abusing cocaine. Yeah. Uh, on the rails. So God I read, uh, I was going to, the last co-host and I were thinking about doing Street Fighter. And but the Legend of Chun-Li? No, the one with Van Damme. And I found an article about it, and it was not kind to his state of mind throughout filming. So He's on the rails? He was losing it. Yeah, he was like out of control. So Again... They cast someone from Brussels to be an American soldier in street. Literally, the the whole conceit of that character is that he's an American hero. 
and he could not sound less American. We can't start doing Van Damme movies because we'll just end up doing them all. And for, uh, again... Knock off with Rob Schneider. If you... With Con... Damn it. Double, double team with Rodman. If you, Oh, double team should be done. If you take it with context, like most of them, when they were made, the impact they had on like people getting back into martial arts movies, they weren't bad. Late late in his career, I'm sure they Mid-90s were shit. Van Damme is terrible. Sure, but like Universal Soldier, Double Impact, Kickboxer. No, I wouldn't fantastic. put I wouldn't put those in there because like as a kid, I you know I loved him, and they must have been doing well enough that he kept getting movies. But Double Team is an abomination. It is. I mean, like straight up, Mickey Rourke at the peak of creepy Mickey Rourke, Dennis Rodman in an inflatable basketball instead of a parachute. It's an abomination. Sounds like it needs to be rebooted. But defense wins the game. Uh, didn't they already reboot it? Isn't there another movie with a famous athlete who and an action star where they team up? It oh, should be. Yeah, uh, Bruce Lee and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. No, not Game of Death. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's the uh, that's the end of our show. It's I'm, a formula that works. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we'd love to... Uh, not only uh, hit us up on Twitter and give us recommendations, but it'd be great uh, to get some reviews for the podcast on some of the sites that we're available on, such as iTunes, Google Play. Um, I disagree. Respect my anonymity. Don't review this. Don't listen to it. Yeah, review Don't it. Don't tweet Thunder. Uh, you tweet me. What's your Twitter again? I'm la, at... la, 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 la. <laughs> so, you know, and uh, if you want to share your brackets from the uh, sci-fi fantasy uh, epic movie showdown, be very interested to see where other people's brackets differed from my own and from the special guest co-host. And I'm also going to have uh, th- irate lover fill out one and see where he uh, differs. Although he has already told me that uh, Edge of Tomorrow would have won. 100%. So again, that's way different than what I came up with. So stay tuned and we'll see you next time with Batman and Robin. The Bat Credit Card, coming out.